So, we've been talking for three weeks in a row now about grace. I'm actually going to end up the, uh, the, the, the focus on grace and then introduce the next thing we're going to walk into. But it, 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 you, have to, you have to have a grasp of the idea of grace before we move into the next part. This, this, the one is going to lead it, and the Lord's been leading us actually for months and months and months and months through a, 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 a path of understanding how this stuff works. How do we walk our Christian walk? How do we live it? And we talked about faith for a long time. I mean, I think it was like nine or ten weeks we talked about faith, and then we started talking about uh, grace. And we've talked about grace now for four weeks, and uh, this will be the fourth week. And then we're going to go into the next step, but if you don't understand faith and grace, then you can mess up the next part. And, 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 and people do. People have for, for hundreds of years, thousands of years. So we're just going to finish up here with grace. I'm going to hit the high spot. Start with Ephesians chapter 2. We've been, we've been starting there each week to give a good foundation. Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 1, says, And you were dead in the trespasses in sin in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. For, but God. Everybody say, but God. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I, I, it's, I read those verses and I want to expound on them, but I'm going to not do that because we're just going back and hitting the high spots. We're going we're gonna to go through here and remind you of everything, and then we're going to get move into the next area. One of the things that we said early on was salvation is not dependent on grace alone. If it were, everyone would be saved and going to heaven, for God's grace is the same towards everyone. God's grace is available and given to every human being. When He died on the cross, He died for everyone's sins. Not just good people's sins. People He likes sins. People who treat Him right or follow Him or even listen to Him. He died for everyone's sins. Now that's a theological point. And and there are people in the world that would argue against that. They would say, no, He only died for the sins that people repent of. No, He died for all of them. All of them. It's just, it, that's why it's out there for everyone. That's why when they stand before Him at the great, at the throne, they're not going to have any excuse. Well, they, they could say, well, you didn't die for my sins. See the logic in that? 
The reality is He died for all sins. When, when people don't accept that and don't receive that by faith, they're basically telling Him, we don't need your, your grace. We don't want your forgiveness. We don't want your sacrifice. That's the height of arrogance. That's the height of sin. I don't need you. We don't need you. No, we need Him. We need Him. Grace, we talked about, is God's unmerited favor. Why did, he, why did Jesus die for you? Because He wanted to. He wanted to know you. He wanted you to know Him. He wanted every human being in the world. He did it because He wanted to. He didn't do it because you were good. He didn't do it because you earned it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it because he looked even down through time and said, Oh, Jim's going to be a wonderful man. I'm going to die for him. I'm going to. No, he looked down and says, Jim needs me. Dave needs me. Karen needs me. Wally, you know what? Everybody, you need me. We need Jesus. Because if he hadn't died, if he hadn't done it out of his own heart, we would all be lost in sin. His grace. We didn't earn it or deserve it. So, the, so that is the definition of grace. All right. But then we talked about uh, some definitions of grace. Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation. Remember that word, salvation? We're going we're gonna to break that, that, that word down here in just a little bit. Salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. So it isn't just that your sins are forgiven. He's also given you extra stuff. He's blessed you. And we'll talk about that specifically. It isn't just, I'm not going to hell. It's not just, it is, that isn't why He did it. He did it because He loved you. And when we accept what he did on the cross, what we accept those that 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 death, that that sacrifice, that blood. When we accept that as the payment for our sins, he not only gives us eternal life, which would have been wonderful, but he has given us life evermore, more and more life, exceedingly abundant life here on this earth right now. And it comes in many, many different ways. So then we talked about the, uh, the, the, another uh, definition of grace. The word used for grace most of the time in the New Testament when it's talking about this is actually the word charis. Charis, grace, God's grace, goodwill. This is the, uh, the, the Strong's Concordance definition. Goodwill, loving kindness, favor of the merciful kindness by which God exerting the holy influence upon souls turns them to Christ. Then he, as He turns them to Christ, He also keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of of Christian values. That's how that that when they use that word, that's what they were talking about. It isn't just a grace to save you from from hell. It is a grace to give you life, power, anointing, tools, promises. He gave us everything. Second Peter, I believe, Second Peter says God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. There is nothing. If, if you're going through life going, oh, I, I don't have enough, then you don't know him enough. Yeah. 
Because He's given you everything. He's giving, and it's like, not like, oh, he, he forgot about this. I, I, I don't, I, you know, obviously He forgot that I need it. I'm going to need this. No, He looked at everything. He looked at you and He said, He put enough air on this earth for everyone. He put enough food on this earth for everyone. Even the unsaved. Enough water, enough love. But his provision is not, he didn't, he didn't go, oh shoot, I forgot we, I forgot enough oil. We don't have enough, we don't have enough gas. And then we're going to have a shortage and then we're not going to, we just, we need to go. No, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) I can make you think stuff. I can just, I can get you there. But it's God's grace, and He gives us salvation. And then we talked about what salvation is. Salvation, the word for use for salvation is sozo. Sozo. That, that Greek word sozo means this. This is the Greek dictionary out of the, out of the uh, Blue Letter Bible. To save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. To save to save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. It isn't just save to, you know, to, to keep you from spending eternity separated from God. It's, it's, there's things in this world where we need help. Our mission team needs to be safe. We love them. We love them. We, we care about them. You know, and, and, and some people ask, well, why are they going into Ukraine? Well, there's a many reasons why they're going into Ukraine. Well, isn't Ukraine dangerous? Parts of Ukraine is dangerous. Parts of Southeast is dangerous. The Northwest is safe. That's why the refugees are there. They're getting as far away from everything as they can get. There it's safe. We're still taking precautions. We're being wise. But we still need to pray for them. Because, I mean, you can go to Minneapolis and be in peril. You can go to New Richmond and be in peril. Anywhere. You know, I, I, many years ago, I was going on a mission trip and there was some, some news articles about where I was going specifically. And uh, I, I, you know, I was thinking about it and, and, and I was thinking about, you know, okay, it's actually dangerous where I'm going. You know, and I began to pray about it and the Holy Spirit says, it's only dangerous where I tell you to go and you don't go. If I tell you to go somewhere, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Been in some wildly dangerous situations. But God is always protected, and He always will. And then your mind. I, I know how people's minds they Well, what about so-and-so? I don't know about so-and-so. I don't know about that person. I, I can't, I just know what I can say about, testify about my life. God sustains. God protects. God watches over us. He heals. He restores. And so on. He does. That's my testimony. Many other people can give you the same one. So we talked about this is kind of where we left off in the last uh, service, and you can go all, go back and watch them online. You can get all the stuff I'm, I'm glossing over in depth over, over those three sermons. But I'm just hitting the high spots here. 
To save in the technical biblical sense means by grace you are rescued from danger. By grace you are rescued from injury or peril. Well, I got injured. Well, what happens if I got injured? Well, then we have, he, we got, by grace you are rescued from perishing. By grace you are rescued from suffering from disease. Years ago, so when, when Deb had the situation, I'm not going to go into that story, that's not the point. Deb was in the hospital. Uh, she survived, obviously. Uh, she, but she, at, at some, part, some points, she was, I didn't know if she would. Afterwards, I was asking God. I was asking God. I said, what happened there? What, what was the deal? What, why did this happen? And I said, well, you know, and, and, and it's the, I never got to the point where I was going, why did you do this? I never got there. But I was wondering that. And I heard a teaching by Joyce Meyer. And Joyce Meyer had said she was fishing with her husband on a boat. And she was fishing, and the boat, a wave hit the boat, and it, it turned the boat weird, and she fell and hit her head and hurt herself in the boat. And, and she was in the doctor getting stitches, in the doctor getting fixed up. And she said, God, why did that happen to me? Why, why, where were you when that, when that happened? Why would, why did you, why did that happen? And the Holy Spirit said one word to one thing to her very quickly. He said, you didn't die, did you? We live in a world where stuff happens. There, we live in a world where there's danger. There is opportunity. There is, there is things that will hurt you. But you didn't die from it, right? Why? Because God sustained you. We have no idea how many times He's protected you. You know, we look at the one time where you bumped your, you know, whatever, and you think, why didn't you, why didn't you protect me? And He goes, did you see the under, other 150 times in the last year that I, I was there and didn't allow, you know, didn't get, I, I stopped you stuff? You know, most of the time, most of the time, it's when you keep going when God tells you to stop. Or going doing something you weren't gonna, you know, weren't supposed to do or whatever. I don't know any, I don't know all of them. I, you know, that isn't, that rule can't apply to all of them across the board, but you never know. All right, where were we? By grace you are rescued from suffering from disease. By grace you are healed. In all of these areas, it's by grace. Well, I'll finish them real quick. By grace you have been restored to health. By grace you are preserved from destruction. By grace you are saved or rescued. Every one of them is by grace. Now, here's the question. I asked it before, real quickly. Let me ask it again. What did you do to earn your salvation? Nothing. What did you do? What do you have to do to earn healing? <laughs> Let's try that again. What did you do? What do you have to do to earn salvation? What do you do? What do you have to do to earn healing? Thank you. Nothing. What do you have to do to earn God's protection? He's gonna, he just protects you. Do you have to ask for His protection? That's a good answer. I like that one. I, said, I don't know if you have to, but I'm going to. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we prayed for the mission team. Why? Because we're speaking out words of faith. We're putting our trust that He's going to... But when we say it, the Bible says He already knows what you're going to pray before you say it. 
but it's still important to say things. I still pray for healing over people, even even though I know Jesus has done everything He's going to do for that person to be healed. They are healed. I'll still pray for you. Absolutely I will. We still have to do our part. But what is our part? Earning those things? What is our part? Faith. Trusting. Believing. That's our part. That's the part we have to do. We have to believe that He's already done it for us, that He had, it's a, He's provided it. It's for us. We believe it, and then we do something. Whatever He leads us to do. Whatever it is. Okay? All right. Let's go back. I'm going to go back to that list again. And I'm going to go through them again really fast. And I want to, because I want to give you the whole thought. I don't think it's on the, on the thing on the screen, but it's, it's in my notes and, I, and I've added it since the last time I taught it. By grace you are rescued from danger, but you have to have the faith that He has. That He has rescued you from danger. It isn't that we earn it through the faith, we just have to believe it. I believe God protects me. I believe God, you know, watches over me. By grace you are rescued from injury or peril. But you have to have faith that He has rescued you from faith or injury. By grace you are rescued from perishing. But you have to have faith that He has. Your and mine and your. You see where I'm going with this. Every one of those He's already done, but you have to believe it. You have to believe that He's already done it and that he, it's provided for you. It's, he's given it to you. It's there. Okay. Grace. Turn with me to John. John chapter 14. This is going to work out perfect. John chapter 14. Here's the next step. We've talked about faith. Faith is you trust God, you believe God, and we're trusting you. How do we do that? And, we, and you can go back and listen to all of those sermons. Uh, again, it's good, to, it's good to hear this stuff over and over. Faith cometh by? And hearing by the? So the more you hear this stuff, the more you read it, the more you study it, the more faith. It, it, all of a sudden, and what it actually does, and what it did in me years ago, was all of a sudden I went, okay, I get this now. He's already done this. He's already done it. And I didn't have to go I don't I don't have to go back now and go, will he do it? Hmm. No, I'm past that point. Now, now I'm you 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 get to the, the more you you let that soak into your life, the more that all of a sudden you just reach a point and you go, I get this. I have faith. I have bel- You know what? It, whenever I run into a situation now, there's a little bit of battle. Hey, there's, we're in a real world. There's a battle in my mind about, you know, hey, woo, oh gosh, you know, we don't have enough for X or we don't have to do this. Or uh, somebody's not feeling well. I, I had a cold a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, uh, all of a sudden I was, uh, you know, and, and I just like, oh, no, I got to the point very quickly. No, because I believe that God has healed me. He has healed me. I am healed. Speak to my body and I'm healed. Oh, didn't want to share this one. Yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Remember how I told you about the, 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 the testimony about how God healed me at the racetrack and, and I healed the, the limp? Yesterday morning I woke up and I was in so much pain in the exact same spot. I was in pain. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? What just happened? And, I, and all of a sudden, I start going, oh, i got to preach tomorrow, and that's going to be great. I've been giving this testimony, and tomorrow I'm going to be doing this. 
And I'm like, no, oh God. And I, I got into that battle. It's, I, it's just real. It's okay. You can get into the battle. It's, it's the reality. But it, very quickly I went, whoa, no, 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 no. We're not playing this game again. No, Satan. Not today, Satan. I, yes, I see that. Not today, Satan. Not anytime, Satan. No. My body, I am healed. I am whole. I am restored. And so I, I went for walks yesterday. I went and I made extra trips because I was like, you know, a healed man makes extra trips. You know, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and I woke up this morning and, ta-da, no pain. So there's going to be a fight that you have to fight through. But, but just know you've already won it. Know that you've already won. Assume, assume you've already won it. Okay, so... John chapter 14, beginning with verse 6, says, John said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This conversation is happening in the upper room uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed. It's the last things he talked about. 14, 15, 16, chapter 14, 15, 16, is his last statements, his last thoughts. He's getting, so he, had wa- he was washing the, the, the disciples' feet. He was doing the communion. I mean, all of those things were happening during these, these three chapters. And at one point, he's talking about, hey guys, I'm going to be leaving you're not going to see me for a while, but then I'm going to come back. And when I go, when I go, you know, the, again, then I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and blah, blah, blah. And, the, and he's talking about the Father, and the disciples are going, what do you mean, where are you going? We don't know where you're going. Why, why are you talking about this? And he, so he starts talking about who he is in, in chapter 14, and Philip makes that statement, just show us the Father. And Jesus is like, if you've seen me... You've seen the Father. Okay? So, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Look at the miracles. Look at the stuff. Look what's happening. Look what I did. Believe that because that was impossible and I did it by the Spirit, by the anointing. He was the anointed one. He did it by the anointing. He goes, even if you don't believe what I'm saying, at least look at what happened. Now, that happened once before. Remember when John the Baptist sent his disciples, said, are you the guy or are we supposed to look for somebody else? Jesus didn't say, I'm the guy, okay? He didn't say that. He says, Tell John the, the blind see. Tell John the lame walk. He says, look at what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. That is, that, is, that is the determiner of who I am is by what I'm doing. And then he makes this statement. Here's the one. This is the one you want to underline, highlight, do however you want. Verse 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes, oh, believes, trusts, has faith, right? 
Whoever has faith in me, who believes in me, who trusts me, will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. A few weeks ago, unrelated to anything else, unrelated to all the stuff that's going on, all the things that are happening, all the challenges, all the needs, just I, I really, honestly, truly wasn't even thinking anything about the Spirit. I wasn't, I wasn't praying, I wasn't listening. I, we had just got done watching a, co- a cop show. And we were going to bed. Deb was already in bed. I'm headed that way. I usually like to give her a few minutes head start because I snore. So the sooner she goes to sleep, the better night it is. So I'm letting, so I'm getting ready. I'm doing some other stuff and I'm headed towards, and I, and I'm literally not being spiritual at all. I'm walking towards the bedroom and all of a sudden in the spirit, I hear these words so clear. It actually stopped me in my tracks. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't a, a trumpet blast. It wasn't a, it's just, I was thinking about the day, the challenges. I wasn't thinking spiritually about them. I was just, I was just, okay, I gotta do this. This is coming up. I gotta be in charge of that, blah, blah, blah. And I had all these thoughts in my head. And in the spirit, I heard my father's voice. I heard God's voice in the spirit. He said, what are you going to do about it? And it stopped me right in my tracks. And I'm standing there going, what am I going to do about it? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started talking to me. He says, if you believe in Jesus, you will do the works that He did. And He did all kinds of works. You know that He did works like, like heal the sick. I know, I know somebody who's sick. I know one of the pers- people I was, th- I was thinking about this person, and I was thinking they're sick. And the Holy Spirit, in that moment, I knew exactly what He meant. He says, what are you going to do about it? Hmm. I, I know there's need. I know there's some financial needs in different areas, some things that we need, we need resources in. And I was, I was thinking about those, re- those things, and the Holy Spirit said, well, what are you going to do about it? Jesus did resource type miracles he fed the 5000 with hardly anything he fed the 4000 with hardly anything he he provided for people that needed provision he, he healed people he provided provision i was thinking about other stuff i was thinking there's some things we just need a miracle in well jesus did miracles Amen. he walked on water he did stuff. He did stuff outside of nature. What are you going to do about it? He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. What are you going to do about it? I love the timing of all of this. Because because Arit is talking about being trained in evangelism. It's not being trained on how to be a street evangelist. It's about how to share your faith. 
If you've ever had an op- a, a situation where you knew you should share your faith with somebody and you didn't because you were afraid, you've got to go to this class. You need to be trained up. She's an evangelist. She's an evangelist like Vern's an evangelist. Vern's actually told me she's amazing. She gets on the street, man, she starts talking to people and just the power of God starts flowing. She is anointed. But I loved what she said. She goes, it's not about training you to be an evangelist. It's training you to share your faith with whoever God brings across your path at any given time. I know a minister that he and his wife, they live down in Winona, and they're, they're, they, they go for walks with their dog. And they just told me recently the great, the, one of the coolest things had just happened to them. They had a neighbor down the street that they would walk past their house there. They're 90s, this, this couple is 90 years old. These are their neighbors. They're not congregants. They're not people they're, they're, they're ministering to on a regular basis. It's one of their neighbors. And they've had a burden to share their faith with that person, with that couple for months, it maybe even years, for a long time. They just, I want to I share, but, but you know, they, they understand how people are. We're not trying to freak them out. You know, you don't, you don't walk over and immediately and just start. You, you, they were praying for an opportunity. These guys are ministers. They, these people are unsaved. They're in their 90s. Who, who knows how much longer they have? So they started praying for an opportunity. And every day they would walk their animals. And then every day the people would sit in their garage and they would, they would just wave and talk. And they would talk about neighbor stuff. And they would, and they kept away. But they always had this burden to share their faith. They wanted, they just, they care about these people. But they were praying for the right moment, the perfect time. So they kept doing it. They didn't, they didn't do, they weren't, they didn't do anything weird. They just, they kept loving on these people. And one day they're walking by. And as they're walking by, the, the, the 90-year-old neighbors wave at them, and they start talking, and they talk about neighbor stuff. They talk about their dogs. They talk about the, the garden. They, say, they start talking. And all of a sudden, the 90-year-old man said, I don't know why I'm still here. And the wife went, boom. And she goes, I know why you're still here, because God loves you. He goes, do you think so? And she goes, I know so. He goes, why do you think that? And, it's, and a conversation started. And, they, and within a half hour, they had led these two 90-year-old people to the Lord. Just naturally. It was natural. You know, it's not like you, you share your faith and then the neighbors hide from you every week, you know, every day after that. <laughs> they, said, they said from that day on, they said they were different. They, they're, they're, this, this couple's, they're, they're just the, the, their countenance was different because they just took the opportunity given to them to obey God and to do what did what did they do about it they took an active role in helping these people receive Christ to come into the kingdom i want you i want to say this question one more time i just want you to be, i want you guys to start med, i've been meditating on it now for weeks and i've got sermons i got sermon what are you going to do about it because there's going to be opportunities in the days to come where God's going to put you in a situation where you're the answer. I mean, He's the answer. But He's given you everything you need for you to be the answer, but you have to do something about it. Amen?